to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. And a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Talladega oh, Super yeah. Speedway. We're going to kick off our media availabilities here today with Kyle Busch and Jeff Dickerson from Spire Motorsports. Thank you both for joining us. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. Before we go to questions, I do want to make sure that it is understood that this will serve as Kyle Busch's media availability bullpen requirements. So if you have questions related to the playoffs, please ask those now as well. Um, Jeff or Kyle, would you like to say anything before we get started or go straight to questions? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say something real quick. Um, just to sort of reiterate our press release uh, from KBM that this is obviously um, a super bittersweet moment um, with everything that's kind of gone on over the years with Samantha and I starting the truck team back in 2010 and having this dream and it becoming a reality and um, all that's due to the great men and women, everybody that's walked through the doors at KBM that's put in their heart and soul to building that place to what it's been and the successful organization of what it's been to today. So, um, you know, I couldn't be happier with the the way that the business has gone and, you know, 100 wins and 18 different winners and drivers that have come through there that have now made it to the Xfinity or Cup Series level. And uh, it's just been, you know, a real dream come true for, for me and for KBM and, and for our family. So, um, you know, I... I just feel like I haven't been able to give it as much of my devoted attention as it needs um, and being around as much with Brexton racing and, and family stuff and me racing and trying to focus on that and, and being with the cup team and things. And so, um, you know, there's some conversations that kind of happen with the crew chiefs and whatnot that just kind of made me start thinking about it. And then um, crazy over here showed up at the door. And um, we had a conversation, and, um, yeah, just kind of all turn of events happened really, really fast. So um, excited about the future of it and, um, you know, kind of here to announce also that I will still be involved um, with Spire Motorsports on the truck series level and still be a consultant, also still run my five truck series races with our amazing partners at Zuri's Transport and continue to work on their B2B efforts and angles in our sport to continue to drive their business forward. Um, and so it'll be you know, still worthwhile for me to see that team succeed with all the people and everything that we've had there for over the years. And um, I'm excited about those that'll stay and um, you know, getting the key fob that turns off at 6 p.m. <laughs> all right, we'll go ahead and go for questions for Kyle and Jeff. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you guys, um, get in as many as we can. We'll start with Lee and then go to Bob. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. I never heard Jeff referred to as a unicorn before, but I'm glad you found him. Uh -huh. um, they do exist. When, when you look at what you've been doing with Braxton and the time it takes, and I'm sure Jeff can understand that because he comes from a dirt track background too. I mean, is this, will this give you ample time not to feel as guilty when you're at the dirt track and, you know, just helping him do his career and doing your day job with, at RCR? 
Um, yeah, sure. I would I would agree with that. Um, you know, this isn't the end or the shutdown of KBM. KBM doesn't cease to exist. It still exists. We just now race an eight-year-old at the you know grassroots level. So, um, you know, the I guess the logo can still carry on the shirts and his fire suit and everything else. Uh, you know, it just won't be as prominent or at all on the uh, on the truck series efforts. But um, you know, certainly with being around and, and traveling and, and going through the Midwest Swing, for instance, I think we raced 12 races in 15 days or something up there. So, you know, it's it's a lot, and that's a lot of time away from from both aspects. But um, you know, there's only so much time in a day, and only so much of Kyle that can can accomplish everything. All right, uh, Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. I had a couple for Jeff. First, you know, announcement a couple of weeks ago about you spending a lot of money on charter, and then this purchase. How are you guys? Do you have an investor, or how are you doing it financially? Here's what I hear. You're, it's not about the transaction or the structure. I think what you're asking is, are you guys for real, right? Or something must be going on behind the, uh, you know, the scenes there. Um, um, I'd say TJ and I's uh, names are on the check. And, uh, well, Jenna, as you know, in your article, I think you described us as pivotal and have uh, done a lot of these deals. And so from the first time that we, uh, you know, announced the deal when we did the 78, I'm all for skepticism. Right? I think some of it's healthy. Um, but I don't know how many more of these deals we have to do before people know we're for real. And um, you you have this alliance with Trackhouse with their driver, and yet you have a Hendrick relationship. They have a RCR, ECR relationship. So what, what relationship are you next year? Yeah, so uh, thanks for um, that, Bob. So um, our relationship with Hendrick continues. You know, so we're still... Um, we're still a Hendrick. We have a technical alliance with them. All of our engines will be through there. Um, the, the third car's engines will be through there. Um, I mean, just as a, a quick note, I don't, I don't know there's been anybody, um, um, certainly in, 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 in my NASCAR um, career, um, and I mean, for both of us in a way, right, um, than uh, Mr. Hendrick, you know, and, and uh, his support from the um, very beginning, he's, um, you know, He's always, uh, you know, kind of treated me like his, you know, illegitimate son, right? I mean, he's always been there to kind of like push me and answer the phones and um, any dumb idea that I have, he's he's right there to, uh, um, you know, show me that there's a way uh, through those things. So that doesn't stop, um, you know. Uh, ultimately, where the rubber meets the road on our Cup program next year, it'll it'll look uh, it'll look similar to to. Um, you know, what we have now, pit crews, at least on two of the cars, uh, pit crews will be through there, technical data will be through there, and, uh, you know, as far as we're concerned, the, the show goes on with Hendrick. All right, Jenna. Jenna Fryer, Associated Press. Both my questions are for Jeff. Um, Welcome to the club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, just following up off of your, you guys are real, um, the first question is, is the $40 million figure real? Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into the, um, specifics, um, or, um, of that, uh, but I'll, I'll talk about that, um, what's kind of been reported, um, again, and I don't mean to riff off of what I, you know, kind of my tone to Bob, but it's just like, um, 
I'm not sure, like, we're a major league sport. You know, we've been around for 75 years. You know, we portray ourselves to corporate America like we're uh, like we're major league, and we are major league. So um, I don't – that number that, that's been, uh, um, I guess, uh, reported is uh, – I don't know why it's such a – you know, why it's such a shock, right? Um, I think for us, um, we it's think – Huh? It's great for the sport. Yeah, no, it's great for the sport. I think that uh, um, it's value. Yeah, we still have, we still have a ways to go. You know, like I, um, we're major league. I, I, you know, I don't know why. Um, it's, and Jen, not that this is about your question specifically, right? But it's just like the, the tone of it. It's like it's like a major league sport with minor league question. You know what I mean? Like we're like this is a real deal. So um, I hope it's four hundred million, right? So. And then. Um, you, you keep saying you guys are real. Like, what, what do you envision Spire becoming? Whew. I don't know what else. You know, I mean, I just think, like, from, you know, it feels like we're, um, it just feels like we're always trying to prove something. You know, like, hey, what's going on? Or, hey, where's this really, you know, like, what's this coming from? Or, like, when we first did the 78 deal, everybody was just like, oh, my God, what's happening? Which, us, too. When we did the 78, it was us, too. Um but, you know, real for us is, is um, we want to be a playoff car. We want to be winners, you know. Um, we want to, uh, um, you know, it just feels like we're just trying to break out of that mold where everybody's just like, oh, man, are you guys even trying? Or, you know, and it's, it's um, we've made significant strides, you know. I mean, even before, you know, this and, and, um, and what we've done this summer. I mean, like, we, we're, you know, we're doing it. And, and uh, I was talking about somebody back there um, in the garage, in fact, where we were parked this week. And I was just like, you know, I think everybody stepped up their game, but so is everybody else, right? So um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's not even something that you can see. Maybe it's just the way that you're kind of like perceived and talked about. But you know, um, I think we're making strides. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Bristol was pretty decent for us till you know till it wasn't. But you know, I mean, we're legitimately leading laps, and it feels like with that seven car, we're you know bouncing off all the guys, you know, a couple of times we've got Kyle, you know, this year, right? So it's like we just want to be in the conversation where it's not a um, surprise that we're up there. And Kyle, um, now that it's sort of winding down at the NASCAR national level, was your time and investment worth it? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I feel like a lot of the personal relationships and things over the years, whether it's been Eric Phillips, Rick Wren, uh, Rudy Fugel, all of that stuff, you know, it, Chris Gavehart's another one uh, from our stable, but, you know, I, I think that we've had um, a great ride and a great run, and, and it's been worth it in a lot of sense. You know, I've had a lot of fun um, racing super late models, racing trucks, winning late models, winning trucks. Um, I've got a uh, storage facility now full or needing to get one full of, of show cars and things of past memories of stuff that I've been uh, that I've accomplished and cars that I've accomplished uh, big wins in so um, I would say yes uh, now not per year all right Jordan go ahead Jordan Bianchi the athletic this question's for Kyle um, you kind of talk about how the kind of progression to get to this point to wanting to sell is it been just this year is it kind of been an ongoing thing as as Braxton's been getting older and more involved in the racing thing you know across the country that the realization of this, you just don't have the bandwidth to, to continue to do this yeah no I was I, I was look we had a uh, a great deal this year with with Chevrolet and uh, with Rev Racing and Max and all the guys over there to, to carry on with um, 
with Sanchez and of course the the Chase Purdy deal as well too. So um, we were we were set, we were fine, we were ready to go into next year. You know, um, this all just kind of came about I don't know a month ago, uh, maybe a couple months ago, where we started talking about uh, forming an alliance and working on chassis and continuing to service them with rowdy manufacturing and things like that and what that could look like and trying to broaden the scope of that to all Chevy teams and then. I think it was his bright idea where he was like, why are you even doing this? Like, why don't we just do it? Why don't we just take it over? Why don't we just, and I'm like, okay, well, make it worth my while. So um, that's kind of how it happened. And um, it literally happened uh, very, very quick. So uh, time flew by and rumors flew fast. And then um, we obviously made our announcement this week. All right, we're going to go to Dustin and then Holly up front. I know there's a lot of hands up. Just hang with me. We're going to get to as many people as we can. Go ahead, Dustin. <coughs> Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Jeff, um, you certainly made a lot of different moves over the last few years in, in growing the operation, but certainly with, with, with this one and, and with going after the LiveFast charter, those are, those are bigger moves. Why are these happening now, you know, in terms of wanting to you talk about being real, why weren't you guys doing this two years ago, especially like the LiveFast charter when things were so much cheaper? Why weren't you jumping in as opposed to when the prices were so much. Three, two, one. Gentlemen, start your engine. Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. To believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed, and a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other, at a track like no other, and after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Awesome. All right, we'll go to Holly and then Stephen. Hey, Baba. Holly Kane with the Hello. NASCAR Wire Service. Um, you like your chances here in these last two races? I mean, just maybe give us kind of a general overview of where you where you see things stand. You had a good run last week, and and coming in here, we've won before. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's Talladega. You're not safe. You know. Um, anything can happen. I think for us, we just do what we did at Daytona um, in the in the first um, Talladega race, or the, the yeah yeah the first Talladega race. Yeah, um, if we can do that, but finish the race where we were running, I think we'll be okay. But we got to survive. You know, we've we put a, a lot of scenarios in place, uh, talking with our Toyota teammates of you know what to do and how to execute it all and I'm like look guys we don't we don't survive you know there's three Toyotas that usually finish the race there's only six of us and so I was like we we gotta let's get to the final 10 laps and then we'll you know start to worry about this stuff so um you know I think you don't treat it any differently you you go out and do what you're you know know that you're capable of doing um and just try to execute the best that you can. That's all you can do. 
Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. Bubba, uh, looking or projecting ahead to the Roval next week, uh, the way you guys ran at Watkins Glen, uh, how much morale, how much of a morale boost is, and the mentality change does that give you and your team maybe heading into uh, heading into another road course race? Yeah, Scott called me. Scott Dixon called me for tips on the upcoming season for next year. Oh. So <laughs> it's crazy how roles reverse. Kidding. Um, I mean. I said next year. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't don't ruin my bubble, okay? Don't ruin my moment. I was. Uh, Jesus Christ! I wish there was F1 this weekend. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I was going to say now. You want you want to come up here and speak for me? Okay. All right. All right. You cannot relate. You cannot relate uh, anything from the Glen. Obviously, two different racetracks. But um, I think just from being able to the way the things that I learned at the Glen, like approach-wise on corners and kind of technique stuff, you can carry that over. Um, and so I worked on a little bit of that uh, this week in the sim and um, picked up some speed and and found some uh, a, a decent rhythm. You know, um, so it. it it's all virtual right now until you get there in real life next weekend. Um, but looking forward to it. I know I, re- I know we've run well there the last uh, couple times we've been on the Rival. So it's just all a matter of surviving and not trying too hard and not getting caught up in somebody else's mess. And that Watkins Glen race ran pretty straightforward. There was only one caution, no stage breaks at all. Now we've got stage breaks again. So uh, is that something that how much does that change your strategy? Do you welcome that, or is that would you rather have it run as it was? No, I was I was whooped after the Glen, no breaks. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I think that'll be a fair question to ask after. I mean, yes, we've had them before, but um, I don't know. I think I think you talk to the teams, stage breaks, kind of you kind of know your plan. There's no strategy involved with stage breaks, so that's. Uh, that's kind of the only thing that kind of ruins your fate's already kind of sealed on what you do. You pit, pit this lap, pit again, finish the race. That's it. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. All right. We will go Claire, Kelly, and then Lee and Holly. Claire B. Lang, Sirius XM NASCAR. So I talked to Blaney about his speeding deal, and he was like, well, you know, you have to get over that stuff. You know, you can't linger with it. You can't let it hang on. And then I talked to you about the restart and you were frustrated about it you said you're still kicking yourself but as I listened to both of the answers I thought you know Blenny's real chill about it but you might use that to motivate yourself right like that hard on the chip thing about the restart might do something for you internally and help you as opposed to let's just forget it you know what I'm saying well yeah I said by Saturday I'd be over it I was until you brought it back up Um, You're never over it. uh, It's true. I I, I thought thought we gave up a a layup win there. Um, But, no, I've I've definitely, you know, I've talked to enough people, and they're like, hey, man, it's time to move on. And and you're right. Um, You know, part of me was moved on right after the race. But just knowing, replaying it in my head over and over and over again, it's it's hard to move on from that, right? Because you feel like you made the right move leading up to that point and, and then it's kind of swept out from underneath you and that's totally okay. That's life. Um, 
And I was like, man, what can I do to be different? If it's a restart here at Talladega, if it's next week at the Roval, like I'm constantly replaying that. And so I think now it's more of replaying the scenario to learn from it instead of dwelling on like, man, we could have won, right? Um, but, you know, I, I am focused on, well, one lap today and and then just surviving tomorrow. So that's all you can do. And can you talk about Talladega while it's been used for years to be like the media and uh, the uh, sanctioning body and uh, all the promotional people at the tracks? They love to build up Talladega for the drivers. You know, it's a blink show as far as you never know what's going to happen. And I think Denny Hamlin attested to that. How do you how do you look at it then as a driver? How do you explain to fans that maybe never have been at this racetrack to feel it or sense it or maybe they don't even watch that much and they only watch when they see the cars nose to tail and the big one how would you explain to them what this is all about right here <laughs> yeah well it's it's like uh daytona talladega the the morning of the race you wake up and this is this is from a driver's perspective right um doesn't matter if you're uh, in the position i am or you're in a in a, a car that doesn't really compete on any other racetrack. Um, but I think every driver in the field wakes up for these four races and they're like, today could be our day. Today could be our day to win. And that's exciting as hell, right? Um, like I remember being in that spot where you only thought your fighting chance was these four races. And you'd go out there and try to make the most of it. I mean, you see a lot of these races where they play out with a lot of crashes. The guys that usually are in the back you have a, a crazy top 10 finish. Like it's, it's a bunch of, of, of less competitive cars. I'm not trying to say this in a rude way, but we know some of the cars that have no, have no fighting chance in hell. Uh, if we're at Texas or if we're at, at Kansas or Martinsville, you know, they, they show up here, uh, because they survive. They, 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 they don't want to crash their cars for obvious reasons, but avoiding the wreck and playing the race smart produces really good finishes. And we've always said if you're in the top, if you're in the top eight, and it comes down to a green white checkered, it's a it's a it's a recipe for a great day. And so I, I always have woken up on race day excited as hell for you know just the opportunity to go out and compete because you know one of what have we got 36 of us this weekend, one of us is going to win. Obviously that's every weekend, but the field is so tight and doesn't really matter if you play your race smart and don't have any damage and your cars just have to be decent, can keep up in the pack, you have a shot at winning. That's cool. All right, Kelly. Kelly, CrandallRacer.com. Bubba, as you have gone through this season, in, in the regular season it was try to win a race, try to qualify for the playoffs. You get in the playoffs, still searching for that win, but now that you're in the playoffs, has your – expectations or goals changed as you guys have gone race to race? This may sound funny, but have you found yourself wanting it maybe any more than you thought you would to keep going race by race, round by round? Um, I mean, obviously a win would be great. I would I would love to just continue to advance just by winning, not, our, not pointing our way in, but advancing is advancing no matter how you do it, right? Um, so honestly i don't think the 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 mindset changes um we just have to do everything that we can i thought last weekend was uh all around one of our cleanest and greenest races races um from the 23s 
team from the 23 perspective. Uh, and I thought Booty to the pit crew to me, we all just kind of executed in the way we should have. And it's like, okay, if that's what it's like, leading 111 laps and finishing third, and you do that every week, it's hard to do, hard to do for sure. But, you know, that's what we're capable of. And when you're in the top three like that, they say your wind is bound to come. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I do believe that. And so we just got to keep putting our name in the hat and keep doing what we know we're capable of doing. When you came into the playoffs, like I said, you get to the round of 16. Mm-hmm. Then it was, all right, let's try to get to the round of 12. I mean, mm-hmm. realistically, though, what what were you thinking as far as the ceiling for this team the first year in the playoffs? So I had I went to lunch with, with Dave Rogers yesterday, and I, and I said – about midway through the season, we were probably eighth, twelfth place car, right? And we're sitting ninth in the points right now. We're right on the on the cusp of that. And um, I think having an understanding that usually when the playoffs start, there's going to be at least two or three playoff cars that take care of themselves, right? Whether that's failures, crashes, penalties, whatever it may be. Try not to be one of those. You go out and make sure you have a good day, you execute solid, Picker has a good day, execute solid, crew chief, strategist, they execute solid. If if that recipe is a 20th place, okay, you missed it. But when you put yourself in a hole, um, you know, it's it's tough. You know, that's where the mistakes happen. So I think it's very capable, we're very capable of getting to the round of eight. Um, I look at the third round. Really, really good racetracks. Um, going off what I watched last year at Homestead, car looked really, really fast. <laughs> so I'm excited to get there. Uh, obviously Vegas and then Martinsville, right? So I think if we can just fight our asses off these next two weeks, then it'll be interesting to see what the 23 can do for uh, the remainder of the playoffs. And one last thing real quick. The performance you had at Texas, you just said a minute ago, you, this team is capable of that. Mm-hmm. But there was times this year where you were saying that Booty has almost had to preach to you, we're a really good team, and, and you've had to believe it. So when you have runs like Texas, do you buy more into that of this is not a surprise, this is what we should be doing, we are capable of? Like, you ha- like do you believe more that you guys are that top five, top ten team? No, I mean, I've, I've, I've believed that this whole time. It's just a matter of is everyone on their A game today? I guess if you divide it up into three pieces of the pie, driver, crew chief, pit crew. Uh, I feel like a lot of the times we were showing up with two out of the three slices. We never had all three, right? And so we've started to do that more and more and look at what we're doing. And it's not from us trying harder or whatever. It's just show up and and bring your A game and we'll we'll take what we can get. And um, I think understanding that, and appreciating that is two different things. Um, it goes a long way. It helps the team morale, and and you know you fight as one team. It sounds very bland, but you fight as one team, and you you show up to the racetrack, and you're just ready to battle for whatever circumstances come your way. And that that's what makes us so good. Is is we can we feel like we can overcome anything as long as we don't take ourselves out. So the races can get long, super long, super long, and you can dial yourself right out. You have the right people in the right place to help you out. It makes that that transition a little easy. All right, we're gonna go Lee, Holly, Shane, and wrap with Gwen. Okay, go ahead, Lee. 
LeeSpencerCatchFence.com. Just curious, did you have to get to like the Roval? Because when you look at your progression there from a 30-something finish to seventh the last time, every start of yours you have become incrementally better. And I'm just wondering if it was a process over time that got you to where you were last fall, or did you have to really learn to like the track? Well, yeah, I mean, hell, I I created the racetrack. I moved the damn wall. <laughs> Eric was, what, two laps later than me? Um, yeah, uh, I uh, I was not a fan of it. It's, it's a really, really tough racetrack, right? I think the only people that like it are the ones that win. Um, and it's just the no room for error, right? We... we these cars are so on edge. You have to drive them on edge, and and, and more so in the next gen car, you're pushing this thing. You're pushing this thing to the absolute limits, and with that, you kind of get a little bent out of shape, and you can gather it. Roval, I think the only room for error is one of the hardest corners is three and four, and it's off camera. It's a right-handed corner, and you're kind of chasing it. You've seen a lot of guys spin out into the barriers over there, but that's the most room that you have. Everything else, and you're you're hitting the wall, and you're done. So it's uh, it's tight, and you got to be super finesse. And so I think understanding that and slowing it down more mentally and trying to process things a little bit different um, has helped me with that. And then just the, the prep work that we do. Um, has helped a tremendous amount. So being on the sim, talking with teammates, and and figuring out you know where to gain speed, where to maintain, and where just to you know try to have fun. But it's it's chaotic. Um, it, it definitely is um, is uh, it, it lives up to the name of just being dramatic, right? Um, I know Marx is probably listening to this, so if I praise it up anymore, then he's going to add it on to the schedule for probably the next 10 years. Do not want that. But, yeah, it's it's chaotic. All right. We will go to Holly and then Shane. Go ahead, Holly. Baba, just kind of following up with this, but can you talk about the level of confidence that it seems like you have now? I mean, this is your first playoffs. You've advanced to the second round. You are in good shape, I would say, in terms of the points right now. You just had it. For you personally, what does this do to the level of confidence now that that you're taking into this? Yeah, um, back to my conversation with Dave yesterday. He, he sat down. He's like, "How's it feel?" And I just came from the golf course at Blaney, and I was like, "What? Getting my ass kicked on the golf course, or what?" He's like, "No, being around the twelve. I'm like, Meh. and no, don't take that as ah, I don't care to be here. I, it's just another race. You know, we're just so happy to be in the next round and." I uh, I think it's super cool, and but I also think we should have been here last year. Uh, we were capable of doing this last year. Uh, we have the right people. We just can never put it all together. So um, it's been uh, it's been a lot of work to to get to this point for sure. Um, and it's and it's super cool to see the the results pay off for everybody on this team. And um, you know I could see my guys fired up about showing up to the racetrack and we still got our name in the hat and we're progressing forward. You know, we were the last seed to start the playoffs. We're the last seed for this round and we advanced and we're two points out of advancing right now. So 
it's it's cool for them, right? I'm I'm pumped to see them work extra hard to make sure that we're doing everything right, and that's what motivates me, right? Um, but for me, Talladega is Talladega. We know how crazy it can get. Robles roll. We know how crazy it can get. So you just got to take it one lap at a time, and and just and understand what I said earlier. People are going to take themselves out. Don't be one of those people. All right, Shane, and then we'll end with Gwen. Go ahead, Shane. Hey, Bob, I'm Shane Connick, Charlotte Observer. Um, Kyle Busch was just in here talking about his new um, deal with Spire and talking about how he looks to continue to stay involved with that and, and touted the impact that he had, he knows he had on a lot of younger drivers coming through the ranks. Um, you know, what did he mean to you, you know, obviously racing for Kyle Busch Motorsports, you know, and what kind of role did he and that team play in your development as a driver? Yeah, um, some dog got paid. Good for him. Um, selling the house. Selling the team. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, well, there we go again. Lost my train of thought. Thanks, Jim. Um, now, Kyle, Kyle is obviously a heck of a racer. Gave me an opportunity uh, when I was part of the JGR camp 2013 and 14. And uh, it was tough, you know, racing against him. You know, he was, he was the one to beat. And I remember 2013, just racing every weekend, and doesn't matter where we were at, he was he was fast, and you were just trying to replicate that. And you know, he would almost talk to you like, "Hey, man, it's easy, just do this." And you're like, "What? I'm trying to figure it out." Well, I think it clicked uh, about halfway through 2014, where the 54 started being talked about almost as much as Kyle, right? And um, I think once you figured it out. It was it was fun to show up to the racetrack and know that you were going to run top three, right? Top two is going to be the 51, 54. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that and just learning. I, I remember after Martinsville uh, 2013, uh, it was in the off season, and he sat me down and he was like, hey, man, if you didn't win Martinsville, you were out. Simple as that. And I was like, well, we won, so let's do it again. <laughs> and uh, I think just the – the, we obviously know how Kyle is, um, but you can take and appreciate some of that of just trying to push to be the absolute best. And uh, it may come off as being a jerk or being an asshole sometimes, but you know I, I understand what what he's trying to go for. You know, at the end of the day, he's helping a lot of people, but he's racing for himself and wants to be the absolute best. And so, if you can learn from that, if you can get past the harshness of that, and 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 try to take some of those traits, I think that helps you along the way. And that's what I've done, right? Um, I try not, I try not to be as sarcastic, um, but just from the racing standpoint and, and just going out and absolutely being a dog, Kyle taught you a lot about that. So it's pretty cool. All right. And we'll take one final question from Gwen. Go ahead, Gwen. Thank you. Hi, Bubba. Where you at? Gwen Daru. Oh, hello. <laughs> How are you? Time. Good. In your downtime coming up through the holidays, Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can share with us that you plan to do to look forward to 2024, like meditate, relax, take a little vacation trip or something? That sounds so nice. Mm. We are. We were talking about it this morning, Blaney and myself and, and his girlfriend Gianna, we were talking. Um, Amanda and I were talking about going to Australia, New Zealand for two weeks, and my wife is a massive planner. Right. Uh, previous trips. If we're doing something in December, we usually book something like the March, 
March leading up. It is what? September 30th, and we have nothing booked. And so I don't know if that's going to happen, but I know if we continue to wait, the plane tickets are going to be astronomical, um, which may just be more motivation to get to the next round to accept that bonus <laughs> <laughs> to pay for those tickets. Um, but thinking about and trying to get through the um, – trying to get all the irons worked out, um, but trying to run snowball, snowball derby for the first time this year. So that's not relaxing at all, um, but that's a little bit more work. Looking forward to that if it can all work out. Um, I I think other than that, it's chilling at home. We are we are in the midst of building a house. We broke ground two months ago around that, and um, I have no idea what the house is going to look like or whatnot. That's all Amanda, which is totally fine. Um, but that'll be that'll be next off season when we move into that, and so we'll be dealing with that in the off season. But really. I've been able to just get away throughout the weeks, uh, even during the playoffs now, just playing video games, staying at home. So that's what I plan on doing, whether it's in Australia or not. <laughs> All right, Bubba, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck this weekend. Thanks. To believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed, and a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other, at a track like no other, and after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com.